Uh, they're okay. <laughs> yeah. Praise the Lord. It's good to see each one of you here tonight. Appreciate you coming. All the visitors that are with us tonight, we praise the Lord for you and uh, to come to hear the Word of God. Amen. And I pray that when we leave, it's just been good to be in the house of the Lord. I've already been blessed to be here and encouraged and exhorted. And uh, I thank the Lord, thank you, Brother Paul, for blessing our hearts, brother, and special music and song and hymn and praise. Uh, we appreciate the Almost Home group being back with us tonight. Appreciate each and every one of you. Amen. And uh, we pray for you and the needs that God uh, you have, and the Lord would meet those needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so, you know, as we ask for prayer... And we all have individual needs and, and burdens that we're praying for. And we have a God whose ear is not deaf that He cannot hear, and His arms not short that He cannot save. He cast your every care upon me because I care for you, amen. And we can come to Him. We can come into His throne room boldly to find mercy and grace to help in time of need. And folks, I don't know if you recognize it or not, we live in a constant state of need. Amen? We need God. And I'm going to pray for y'all's pastor. Amen? Uh, I don't know any other pastor. I'm in different churches all over this country. No multitudes of pastors, but I don't know of another pastor spent 25 years in the pen and his wife leaves him every two months. Amen? <laughs> so, so I'm going to pray for your pastor. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, But we thank God for each one of you being here tonight. Thank the ladies again for the wonderful meal and your hospitality. Thank you. If you have your Bibles again tonight, we're going to turn to the book of Daniel. Chapter 3. We're going to pick up what we left off last night. We got up on the front porch last night. Tonight we're going to go up in the house. We're going to pick up verse 8. As we left off in verse 7, we'll pick up verse 8. And I want to read uh, the rest of the chapter. And um, if you found your place, we'll stand in the reverence of the reading of God's Word. If you're not able to stand, it's okay. You don't have to. Daniel 3 verse 8. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the carnet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whosoever falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of the burning fire furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not you serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if you be ready that at the time that you hear the, the carnet and the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made well. But if you worship not, then you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And whosoever is and and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And He will deliver us out of thy hand, O King. But if not, 
Be it known unto thee, O king, <coughs> that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, full of fury, and from his of his vestige was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spoke and commanded that they should heat the furnace seven times more than it was uh, usually heated. And he commanded the host, the most mighty men that were in the army, to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, and their hoses, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose in haste. And he spoke and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see a fourth man loose, walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt. That form from the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fire furnace and spoke and said, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come. <clears throat> then Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego came forth from the midst of the fire. And the princes and the governors and the captains and the kings and the counselors being gathered together saw these men whose bodies the fire had not no power, nor was a hair of their head singed, neither were their clothes changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him and hath changed the king's word, and yielded their bodies, that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language who speak anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut into pieces. Their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other god that can deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the providence of Babylon. Father, tonight, Father, we know Your judgment is upon America. And Lord, in the midst of Your judgment, we plead for mercy. Oh God, don't give us what we deserve as a people, as a nation. Father, we know that You are a gracious God. And You're long-suffering. And you're patient. Father, right here tonight, we pray that Your Holy Ghost would take Your Word and do that supernatural work that only You can work individually and uniquely in all of our hearts and all of our lives. You know our uprisings, our downsettings, the intent of our heart. Oh God, we're asking you don't leave us to ourselves. Change us right here tonight. From glory to glory into your glorious image. Help us, O oh Lord, is our cry. And Lord, as we here tonight would make a commitment just to stand upon your word in spite of the consequences that we face. We praise thee, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Nebuchadnezzar is a ruthless ruler. A heathen, pagan king. 
that God has raised up to judge His own people. Isaiah prophesied 105 years before the invasion that Babylon would come and carry the people of God into captivity. That's God's judgment upon His people because they had forsaken the true and the living God. They had forsaken the worship of God. They're no longer walking with God. They're no longer engaged in the work of God. God sent His judgment and carried them off into Babylonian captivity under a wicked king, Nebuchadnezzar. And this king had a dream. God sent the dream. We're looking at two dreams. We'll start the second dream tomorrow night. But this first dream is prophetic. And it's dealing with nations. Nebuchadnezzar, he didn't understand the dream. Couldn't even really remember the dream. And all of his wise men and astrologers and musicians, they could not interpret the dream. So in his rage and fury, he commanded them to be put to death. But Daniel sought the Lord. And Daniel interpreted the dream and he said, King, your dream was a a head of great image and it had a head of gold. It had a chest of silver, a belly of brass, and legs of iron, and feet part iron and part clay. And the interpretation of the dream is Nebuchadnezzar, your kingdom is the head of gold. And then the Medes and the Persians will overtake your king. And then the Grecians will overtake that kingdom. And then Rome will overtake that kingdom. And this is the history of humanity throughout human history of the world. Now man in his scientific intellectualism and neo-intellectualism and we're forming the somebody mentioned the AI that man is getting smarter and smarter man can build his own utopia and our own kingdom of peace and prosperity but notice the devaluation of the metal we went from gold to silver to brass to iron That's a devaluation, a degradation. Humanity ain't getting smarter, folks. We're getting dumber. We're getting more ignorant, not intelligent. You got people today, you go check out, they can't add two plus two. They can't even give you correct change. We no longer think for ourselves, amen. We're just falling under control, amen, to just do what we're told without thinking. So, (laughs) we see the continual degradation with every generation of humanity. We're getting worse and worse and more wicked and more immoral and ungodly with each generation getting further and further from God. God gave him this dream. But Nebuchadnezzar took it upon himself to deify himself, amen, and he made the whole image of gold. Gold speaks of deity. It speaks of royalty. It speaks of majesty. Nebuchadnezzar in his wickedness, amen, and and his self-exaltation, amen, and glorification has deified himself as God. And he's commanded all the kingdoms and nations and languages that are under his rule and authority. He's a world ruler at the time. And he's commanded them to bow and worship his image. And we saw last night that these three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, well, we're going to bow. I mean, everybody else is bowing. I mean, the king gave us our position to rule over the providences of Babylon. This is the king's decree. 
If we do not bow, we could lose our job. We begin to rationalize, to compromise. If we do not bow, we could lose our power. We'll lose our prestige. We'll lose our popularity. Now come on folks. We're living in a crazy, chaotic culture that is pressuring the church constantly to conform to its ideology and compromise on our beliefs. And it's working. Well, I mean, everybody else is bowing. I mean, why don't we bow? Now folks, we're going to have to decide if we're going to stand on the truth or not. Now I may make some of you mad right here, but I'm going to say it. And the Southern Baptist Convention right now is fixing to come up to a big vote this year whether or not to ordain women as pastors. That's direct disobedience to the Word of God. Why? Because we got men today in positions of power and prestige and popularity that will not stand for truth. We're compromising. We want to be like all the other worldly churches. Amen. Brother, we're going to have to decide is that Bible, is that the Word of God or is it not? And we're going to have to decide are we going to stand or not? Well, everybody else is bound while the other churches is doing it. They can't condemn us. I mean, I mean, we're just going to be doing what they're doing. But they got a problem. The problem is they know the Word of God. They know Exodus 20 when God said, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. God said thou shalt not have any graven images and likeness in heaven and earth and under the earth and thou shalt not bow thyself down to them. I am a jealous God. What do you think about that Shadrach? I don't know Meshach. If we bow, we in direct disobedience to the Word of God. We might be pleasing the King but we'll be displeasing our king. Well, I think we ought to just stand. And they stood. Brethren, we need a revival of the obedience to the Word of God at all costs. All costs. We're praying for revival. And if the people of God would just stand upon the Word of God, God will show Himself in a divine demonstration and manifestation for His glorification. God always has a witness if the witness will recognize God. Brethren, Daniel over here it said in chapter 2, Thou, O king, verse 37, are the king of kings, for God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom of power and strength and glory. Notice the God of heaven gave Nebuchadnezzar his position and power. God raised him up. Proverbs 21.1 The king's heart is the... In the hand of the Lord, as the river of water, He turneth it wheresoever He will. Folks, God is sovereign. God is in control. We saw that last night. Even though we're under the judgment of God, amen, God is looking for people. The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong. To a people whose heart is perfect toward Him. How do you know when your heart's perfect toward God that you want to obey the Word of God? 
that you want to stand in obedience to it. Our only hope of deliverance from this crazy, confused culture is a revival of the reality of Christ. Christ is sufficient. In my situation, in my crisis, in my circumstance, in the midst of misery, I can experience a manifestation of God. Because my sufficiency is in Christ and not in my experience. My peace is not in my performance. My peace is not in His protection. My peace is not in His provision. My peace is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He said in John 14, 27, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, but giveth I unto you. Listen, the world gives a, a, a false peace, amen. If my peace is regulated and determined by the external, amen, then I don't know true peace. Because right in the midst of misery, externally, trials, trouble, and tribulation, I can be standing and experience true peace in Christ because my peace is a person. And He's the same today as He was yesterday and He's the same forevermore. He is not going to change by my external experience. That's what we need to understand. Amen. So, Revival is when the singing is over, the shouting is over, the service is over. And the devil says to you, you bow or burn. And you say, devil, I would rather die than bow to you. That's how you know personal revival is on. When you are now yielded, to walk in obedience to the Word of God whether anybody else does or not. I told somebody the other day, I said, I'm too far up this road to turn back now. Amen. Whether they like it or don't like it. Whether they agree or don't agree. Listen, you don't walk with God by looking at your circumstances. You walk with God by looking at Him, the author and finisher of our faith. To walk in obedience to thus saith the Lord. And folks, we got to understand God got along fine before we come along. He's going to get along fine we dead and gone. Amen. It ain't that God needs us, it's us that needs God. So we see here, <laughs> you say, well, I'd rather <clears throat> die than bow. And that's what these men did last night. He can throw us in the fire. He can do whatever He wants to. But we cannot sin against God. Listen, he that knows to do good doeth not to him it is sin. When you know the Word of God and you just disobey the Word of God, you have sinned. Simple as that. Listen to what he says here in Peter before we get going. First Peter 4 verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to test you as though some strange thing has happened to you. But rejoice in so much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when His glory shall be revealed, that you might be glad also with exceeding joy. Now you got to understand something, amen. When you're suffering, it's not your suffering, it's His suffering. When you're standing on the truth of the Word of God and you're facing opposition against you and there are those that oppose you and hate you and reject you, it's not you they're rejecting, it's Christ in you. The truth you stand for. They don't like it. It convicts them. It condemns them. Why? Because we have been sanctified, set apart to be witnesses. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. Amen. 
Brother, you walk in the light of God's Word and you stand on the truth of God's Word and brother, your light will shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father that's in heaven. But I tell you what, brother, it shines on people's sin and they don't like it. It exposes them. Therefore, they come against you. So you've got to understand that it's Christ's sufferings that we're experiencing. Listen what he said in Peter, also in chapter 1, verse 7. He says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Christ, whom having not seen, you love. And whom though now you see Him not, you believe. You rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Brother, right in the midst of the trials, the trouble, and the tribulation, we must resolve to stand. To stand as a witness, as a testimony to our God. Come what may. We're going to stand. Brethren, that's what we're getting here tonight. What we get into our text. Last night they refused to bow. Verse 8 through 12, we see the accusation now. I mean, there are some that come to King Nebuchadnezzar and say, Now, King, didn't you build a decree that everybody, when they hear the music, everybody's supposed to bow down and worship your image? He said, Yeah, that's the decree I put forth. Well, King, there's some guys out there that ain't bowed. What do you mean? Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they have not bowed to your gods or worshiped your image. They're troublemakers. Now church, as we stand upon the truths of God's Word, now I may make some old people mad right here, but I'm going to say it anyway. When the Democrats lost the election to Trump the first time, Schuler or Schukemer or whatever his name was, he was over, he was the leader of the Democratic Party and he addressed them at the end and when they lost... And this is what he said. The reason we have lost this election is the people of this country believe what is being preached from the pulpits. And we have got to change that. He said that. We have got to change that. The people are believing what's being preached in the pulpits of America. And we've got to change it. You see, by our own government officials, us Christians have been called deplorable. Dialects. Degraded. And brethren, you stand in public squares against the immorality and wickedness that's invading even our school systems. You're called a domestic terrorist. You see, the world sees the Christians, the church, as the troublemakers. I mean, the world would get along fine without us. Y'all remember when in, in, second, in, in First Kings and the people, man, they went whoring after other gods. Ahab and Jezebel led the people of God to forsake the true and the living God. Elijah knew the Word of God and he prayed and he shut up the heavens. And when he faced Ahab, you know what Ahab said? It's you that troubles Israel. You man of God, you, you're the whole cause of this drought and devastation and starvation. You have troubled Israel. He said, I am troubled Israel. It's you that you have forsaken the one true living God. Nero set fire to Rome and watched it burn and he blamed it on the Christians. And he put thousands 
to death. You crazy Christians. We're hindering the world. So we see the accusation, but in verse 13 to 15, we see the aggravation. Nebuchadnezzar said, bring them boys here. I like them boys. I put them in their positions of power over the providences. And they said, now, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, didn't y'all understand? I put forth a decree and I raised up an image and an idol. And, and, and when you heard the music, you're supposed to fall down and worship me. Didn't y'all understand that? Yeah, we understood it. Okay, well, we're going to play the music again. I'm going to give you, I've been patient with you guys. We even heard our president say that to us. I've been patient with you, but my patience is wearing thin. We're going to give you another chance to buy. Another opportunity to compromise on your convictions. And so, he tells them, Who is that God that can deliver you out of my hands because there is no God greater than Nebuchadnezzar. He is so self-intoxicated upon himself that there is no God. And what of the scripture we quoted last night? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that acceptable and perfect will of God. People's always saying, Brother Scott, I wish I knew the will of God for my life. Here it is. Obey the Word of God. If you obey the Word of God, you'll be right. In the middle of the will of God. Ain't hard to figure out. So here they are. Going to present themselves a living sacrifice. That they may prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But we cannot do that church without obedience to the word of God. We must obey. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away in the lust of it. But he that doeth the will of God abides forever. If you're lost, what's the will of God for you? The will of God for you is to come to Christ. Confess your sins to Christ. Call upon Christ. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can be saved tonight. That's God's will. God's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Just obey the Word of God. and We'll be right in the middle of the will of God. Most Christians never experience a divine Deliverance because we bow to the world before His glory is revealed. God puts us in a situation we can't get out of without a manifestation and a demonstration for His glorification. Remember, it was God that delivered Israel out of Egypt by the blood of the Lamb. That's a picture of salvation. They're redeemed by the blood. And then it said, now why are we saved? We're not saved just to ride a church bench into heaven. We're saved and sanctified, set apart for service. And then it said, the Lord led them into the wilderness. To the Red Sea. The Lord led them there. The Lord led them to the Red Sea. Now folks, where God purposely positioned them was geographically and militarily A bad place. But God brought them there for a reason. His people. Here comes Pharaoh's army. Now they're in a situation which is an occasion for a demonstration of His glorification. We're all going to perish right here. And you know the story. 
God opened up that Red Sea. God delivered His people. And God destroyed Pharaoh's army. To prove to His people with God all things are possible. When there seems to be no way, our God can make a way. Because He is the way. Brother, all he needs is a witness that would recognize him and stand uncompromising the truths of his word. And then God, brethren, God led them to Cadus Barnelia. And you know the story there where they saw giants. Here's the promised land, I promise you. Go in and possess it. No, there's giants over there. They disobeyed the Word of God. They would not believe the Word of God. God turned them around, walked them around for 40 years to that generation died off because they would not appropriate the Word of God. They all died. And He said in Deuteronomy in chapter 8, verse 1 and 2, He led them for 40 years to humble them, to prove them, and to teach them that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And then He took that generation back to the Jordan and said, There's your promised land. Now you go in. And what did they face? They faced the giant of Jericho. What we're going to do? Lord, they prayed, Lord, what we're going to do? He said, the Lord said, this is what you do. Every day you walk around that city, don't say a word, go home, forget about it. Do that for six days, but on the seventh day you walk around that city seven times and you blow the ram's horns, amen, and then you shout. Well, I just don't know if all that's going to work. Well, that's what God said, yeah, but maybe we ought to add a little bit to it. No, no. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe you know, maybe we on the second day we ought to sing a little bit. Well, on the third day maybe we ought to have a prayer meeting. And on the fourth day, no, no, I ain't what God said. You know what's wrong with the church? We're always trying to add to or take away from what God said. You know why? Because we think it's just too simplistic. It just won't work. Brother, they done exactly what God said. And those walls came tumbling down because He had to teach that generation. Brother, every generation must experience God personally for themselves. And God has shown Himself sovereign and true and faithful. Listen, Romans 8, let's move on. Romans 8, 37 says we are more than conquerors through Christ. How are you going to know you're a conqueror if He don't give you a situation to conquer? How are you going to know you're an overcomer if He don't put you in a situation to overcome? We're only going to know God to the degree that we experience God and we're only going to experience God to the degree we obey God. So therefore, amen, there's got to be the application of the Word of God. So the music is playing. The fire is hot. And y'all going to have to bow. But their problem is, you know what it says in Matthew 10, don't fear him that can destroy the body and not the soul, but fear him that can destroy both the body and the soul in hell. Folks, we are all going to stand before a holy God and be judged. And we're going to have to answer to God. We better fear him with a holy fear, a reverence fear. We're going to face Him. And so, 1 Peter 4, 19 says, Wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God. Notice that. They're suffering according to the will of God. Commit the keeping of their souls to Him in well-doing as a faithful Creator. Now, brethren, God can put us in the fire. When we suffer, sometimes it is according to the will of God. You remember Job? God brought up Job's name. 
God said, Satan, have you considered my servant Job? He's a perfect, upright man, fears God and shuns evil. God said, I'll remove the hedge. Satan has orchestrated the circumstance, the crisis, and the situation of Job's life. But God was always in control. You can't have Him. He's mine. So brethren, God is just wanting us to walk in obedience to Him that He will stick us in an occasion for a demonstration for His glorification. Let's get to the end. Who's that God that can deliver you out of my hand? And they said, Our God is able. Our God is able, amen. But if not, they have complete confidence in their God. He is able to deliver. But if not, I'm glad they put that in there. We don't know if it's God's will to deliver us from the fire. We just know it's God's will for us not to bow. You know what's wrong with the modern day church? We're trying to walk beyond our belief. Just go home meditate on that. We're just trying to live beyond our obedience. But if not, He will deliver us out of your hand. And if not, we will not bow to your God. And then we see here, He got mad. He throwed them in that fire. Seven times hotter, it burned the people up and threw them in there. But watch it now. Brother, after they throw them in there, he, he expected them to fry like a sausage. Something's happening. Something's, something's taking place. Hey, hey, how many did we throw in there? He said, we threw three in there, King. He said, I see a fourth man in there. And he looks like the Son of God. Now folks, did we, did, did we miss what I'm saying here? God always has a witness if the witness will recognize God. To stand in obedience to the Word of God in spite of the situation where there would be a divine demonstration for His glorification. But we bow to the world before God reveals His glory. Their problem was their faith. We know what God says. We cannot bow. We cannot sin against God. They throwed them in the fire. And there was God in the fire. Revealing Himself to a wicked, pagan, heathen king. Brethren, all we got to do for this crazy, chaotic culture in which we live in is just live in obedience to God. Just live to the glory of God. Just live for the Word of God. Amen. For the glory of God. And God will manifest Himself. God will make Himself known. God will do what we cannot do. Brother, there's a fourth man in the fire. Rejoice as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. And brethren, it changed the king. Now he is now witnessing God. He is now experiencing God. Look what he said. We're going to close. Verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who have sent His angel and delivered His servants who trusted in Him.
and hath changed the king's word and yielded their own bodies. They loved not their lives even unto death. Beloved in India right now, I'll be going to India in January. In India right now, there's been another wave of persecution. 20,000 Christians have been run from their home. Over 200 churches have been burned. Pastors have been killed and slain. And some of the very men of God that I know. And the people of God. I'll be ministering to them come January. Back when the COVID hit a particular village, they made an image, they made an idol to their God and put it in the middle of the village. They demanded the whole village to come out and bow and pray to burn incense to this idol that their God would cleanse their village of the COVID. But there were 30 new believers in that village. And they refused to attend the service. They drugged them out of their homes and they beat them in front of that idol and that image. And they said, y'all will bow. And they said, we will not. And they beat them, raped their wives, burnt their homes, and run them out of the village. Folks, that's Christianity. It cost them everything. And we say we won't revive. But we're constantly compromising. Father, tonight, help us. Help us get to the place, Lord, where we would just live unapologetically, unashamedly, to the truths of Your Word. And that Your Word would transform our lives from glory to glory into Your glorious image. Lord, we know the crazy, chaotic corruption that we're living in the midst of. But what an opportunity for the Christians to stand as we've never stood before. Stand in spite of the opposition. Stand in spite of those that want to compromise and give in and give up. But just to keep on keeping on. Knowing that our God, You are able to show Yourself strong. But if not, Lord, and if we have to suffer according to Your will for Your glory, then so be it. But oh God, don't leave us to ourself. Show us mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen as we stand to sing tonight. Number 329. 49, 349 as we stand to sing. Would you let the Lord have His way tonight? Maybe the Spirit of God has taken the Word of God and revealed to you the Son of God that He is Lord. But you know that He's not your Lord. He's not your personal Lord and Savior. You know about Him like Nebuchadnezzar. You know about Him. And you see Him and you witness Him manifested in other believers' lives. But you know you don't have a personal relationship with God through salvation. You can come tonight. The altars are open. We have an advocate of the Father. is Jesus Christ the righteous. We can say, Lord, woe is me like Isaiah. Lord, woe is me for I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. 
Purge me, cleanse me, wash me, change me. Lord, put in me a desire to be obedient at all costs. Not to give in to the lust of the flesh. Not to give in to the pride of life. Not to give in to the compromising world. As the world conforms and squeezes us, we'll not be conformed to its ideology. Oh God, that we would stand. Folks, the world wants to throw us in the fire. To destroy us, be rid of us, exterminate us, eradicate us, eliminate us. But the Lord said the gates of hell shall not prevail against this church. You the church of the living God, the eternal I am. If you're night, you're in here tonight, and you're lost, you can come, the pastor, take the word of God and show you how Christ can save you. You don't have to leave like we come. We're not here to manipulate you, not here to embarrass you, not here to prolong the service. We just need men and women of God in these last days to stand. Just bow your heads and pray as He plays softly. The King, after He saw the manifestation of the Lord, changed His decree. If any man says anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, He'll be cut into pieces in his house of dunghill. Because there is no God that can deliver like that God. Folks, that's what the world needs to see. They don't need to see me. They don't need to see you. They need to see Christ in us. They need to see there's a hope for the hopeless. Jesus said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I've come to give sight to the blind. To set at liberty those that are bruised. And set the captives free. Do you have a need in your life tonight? A spiritual need? Physical need? Mental need? Whatever need you have. Christ is the answer. He is sufficient. We're going to sing one more verse. And I give it to the pastor.